0: Welcome to 30 Days of Terror, episode 7. How
1: you do. I have to say, I'm quite proud of us, knowing Why? how short both of our attention spans is. are, oh, that we got to this point where we've actually recorded 7.
0: Well, the thing is, you know the way I'm very gong ho about things? Mm. I decide to do something and then I want to have it done by yesterday. Yep. I'm just very surprised I haven't made us sit down and record all 30 episodes in a row.
1: I mean, for the sake of the listeners, I'm glad you haven't, because it definitely would have tailed off in quality in terms of what we say and how you read, bo- read books, read the stories.
0: We've established that three episodes back to back is the limit. Yeah. There is no... Yeah. And it's a push at three. There's no positive interaction to be gained from going beyond <laughs> no. three episodes at once. It's just me stumbling over my words and then not being able to make any comment on the story afterwards
1: yeah and then me just saying insanity
0: <laughs> over and over again <laughs> Insanity, insanity, insanity. so i've got three stories for you today
1: okay i am feeling a little bit on edge I'm not entirely comfortable with the fact that i've got to listen to some more horror but i am here for you
0: that's the world we live in story number one comes from marguerite I'm a tough, 5'5", five five, 125 pound Irish-American female. I've always been sensitive to spirits and ghosts. I've had many experiences in my home, electronics turning on and off by themselves, doors shutting by themselves, and I actually saw an apparition once. Most of this activity I attributed to my deceased parents and Irish grandmother. Due to dealing with numerous injuries from a bad car accident, I have not been meditating and doing my Reiki and spiritual work as I should. On a recent Friday night, I was home alone working out while watching a series about psychic kids who see ghosts. I don't have cable or a smart TV. I stream subscription TV from my laptop to my television via a HDMI cable. That particular night, while watching The Ghost Show the trackpad on my laptop started showing on the TV screen. This only happens if someone is touching the trackpad. I stream this way all of the time, so this was highly unusual. I was unnerved, but ignored it, and after a minute or so it disappeared. About five minutes later the TV turned off, completely by itself. The TV and laptop are both fairly new and in great condition. I thought maybe something was trying to get my attention. I was feeling cold spots and chills which is usually what I feel when a spirit is near. I turned the TV back on and went back to working out. Minutes later the laptop trackpad again showed on the TV screen. It was clear that the spirit was trying to get my attention but I didn't know why. I told the spirit that I was almost done working out and asked it to stop messing with my TV. After I said this, the trackpad stopped showing on the TV. As the evening went on, I started to feel more and more concerned and I didn't want to be scared in my own home. I thought if the kids in the TV show could learn to take control of ghosts that could make contact, well then so could I. I resolved to start making time for my spiritual practice and not to be scared by the spirits. The next day I smudged myself and my home and meditated for a bit. I then left to run some errands. On the way to my first destination I passed a little thrift store I frequently shop at for art. I didn't plan to stop, but something inside me told me I should. I decided not to question this inner voice. Just trust it and listen to it. I walked into the thrift store and headed towards the paintings. I suddenly started to feel really nauseated. I felt a heaviness in my chest. I've been here so many times before and I'd never felt anything like this. I couldn't shake the feeling that there was a spirit in the store. Considering many of the items for sale were old and donated after someone died... It made sense that maybe there were spirits there. I just never felt them before in my many previous visits. I quickly went through the paintings and saw nothing I wanted. I started to head for the door to leave, but felt strongly that I needed to ask one of the employees about if she ever thought ghosts were there. I just knew I had to ask a particular employee named Sharita. I can't explain why it had to be her. It was just a knowing, and I didn't question it. I was in a mode of trusting my instincts and just going with them. I stopped, turned around, and saw Sharita about ten feet away. I approached her and said, ''I hope this doesn't sound strange, but I have to ask. ''Do you think this place is haunted?'' I think I'm sensitive to spirits and I've been here so many times, as you know, and I've never felt anything until today. I can't shake the feeling that there is a spirit in here. The employee, Sharita, then said to me, Well, it's really funny you should say that. We had a customer that came in here all of the time. I called her Mrs. B. She was 92 years old. She was getting dementia so her daughter started bringing her in. Her daughter said that despite her dementia, her mother always remembered my name, yet had forgotten so many others. One of the last times Mrs. B was here, we talked about a yellow shirt in this store that I thought about buying for myself. Mrs. B's daughter came into the store this morning and told me that her mother had died yesterday. She said her mother's last words were, "'Tell Sharita to buy that yellow shirt.' I then noticed Sharita was indeed wearing a yellow shirt. It was the same shirt that Mrs B was talking about. She then smiled and said, I've been really sad all day about Mrs B dying, but I feel happier now. I bet it's her spirit that you're feeling, I'm so happy that she came to visit me one last time. As Sharita told me all of this, I felt chills very strongly on my right hand side, that side only. I felt it was Mrs. B. I had the feeling that Sharita had truly made a strong and positive impression on Mrs. B and she wanted her to know that. I felt grateful to be able to relay the message. I wonder if the strange activity in my house the night before was her. Did she choose me to deliver the message to Sharita that she was visiting? Had the odd activity not happened the night before I wouldn't have listened to my inner voice and stopped at the thrift store. I was short on time the strange events at home that night before had led me to listen to my inner voice and to go there
1: i love that story i just think like it's a really cool thing if ghosts are knocking about passing messages to people it's much less scary than like jumping into our bodies and controlling us or
0: depends on what the message throwing is throwing
1: stuff at people
0: i mean if the message is like i always hated you you were a bitch yeah, but then That's maybe. You're, not great.
1: But then maybe you are selective about what you pass on, like you are with yeah. people in real life. If someone came <laughs> up to you in real life and said, "Go and tell Mrs. B that she's a pain in the butt," you might not go up. You might choose not to tell that. Pass that information. That's a night, very right? good point. So the fact that that happened to um, Marguerite is just awesome. I think, and I think it probably was. Maybe it was Mrs. B's spirit interfering with her TV just to try and get her to think about it a little bit more, or maybe it was a spirit guide. Saying, wait, don't forget what you were up to. You need to be on this tomorrow. I need to use you. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) You look well baffled by that.
0: Well, I just, it's, it's just freaks me out a bit.
1: Yeah. But I think it's like, it's quite a common thing because, like, when I went to the Happy Clappy church, there used to be like a whole thing about like, you know, if God tells you to talk to someone, go and talk to them, even if it's really weird.
0: Yeah, that's that is very true. I have met people like that in yeah. my life who have come to me and said, I've got a message for you. Yeah. You know, it's a message from God yeah. and I have to give this to you. Yeah. I mean, when people do that to me, I'm just like, sure, by yeah. all means, it's not my place to say to judge them or to say I'm not fucking listening to yeah. anything God has to say. But it, yeah, I've met people who have done that.
1: And that was like an instant message, right? So it's like she obviously needed to hear that then and then. Yeah. But maybe sometimes ghosts tell us things that we don't need to hear until later on. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that is far reaching (laughs) for a theory.
0: Story number two today comes from Elise. To provide you with some context, I live in the United States. My family moved to Missouri when I was three because my mom wanted to live close to her family. Both of her sisters, their spouses and my grandparents lived in the same city. I was three at the time. My little brother was one. I can't say that I recall all too much from my life as a three-year-old, But I remember adoring my brother. I remember that I refused to wear anything but the same purple tie dye dress. And I also remember that I was absolutely terrified of my grandparents' house. My grandparents lived on an old plantation. They ended up moving out when I was only five after living there for 25 years. But if I shut my eyes, I can still see perfectly the beautiful, heavy oak front door set behind thick white pillars. I never went inside if I could help it, preferring to stay outside by the swimming pool. However, during family dinners and things like that, it was hard to get around entering the house. This is not my memory, but my parents told me that one time they had coaxed me into the house with great effort... "'and told me to go into the dining room for dinner. "'I stopped in the doorway and wouldn't budge. "'I stared at the wall opposite where I was standing. "'My dad apparently asked me what I was looking at, "'to which I responded by pointing at a still-life painting "'of a pear in a bowl and saying, "'The pear has a face and it's staring at me. "'It's ugly.' My parents thought this was so funny and have teased me about it for many years since. My dad still gives me a pair every Halloween. (laughs) In isolation, it definitely could have just been a weird thing I said as a kid. But knowing what I know now, I really don't think so. I do remember one Thanksgiving where my grandfather was trying to get a family picture on the grand staircase. My parents were walking up to the top of the stairs with my younger brother perched on my mom's hip. One chubby hand in his mouth and the other restlessly twitching on her shoulder. I refused to go up the stairs and was screaming for my mom to give me my brother. Don't take him up there. Please, please leave him next to me. In the resulting picture, my face is still bright red and shiny from my temper tantrum. I'm squeezing one of my brother's hands with both of mine holding him close to me. Every year since my grandparents moved out in 2002, I've dreamed about that staircase. I dreamed that I walk up the stairs and into the first door on the left. When I open the door, there's nothing. Just the blackest darkness imaginable pulsating with malevolent energy. I wake up in a cold sweat every single time. On my thirteenth birthday, I awoke from that dream gasping. I heard chattering in the kitchen and recognised the voices of my mom and my grandmother. I slid out of bed and walked down the hallway to join them. When I entered the kitchen, I saw my grandmother with a large scroll underneath her arm. Elsie, darling, happy birthday, she said warmly to me. I was just telling your mother that while moving into my new apartment, I discovered the original blueprints of the first house your grandfather and I owned together. You probably don't remember the house. You were so young. But it's interesting anyway. My grandparents had just announced to our family that they were separating a couple of weeks prior. Yeah, I remember it, I replied, thinking of my dream from the night before. The grand staircase, my hand on the doorknob of the first door the sickening blackness behind it. It was a beautiful house. Yes, it was, my grandmother agreed, unfurling the scroll. Very old too, look, 1835. The blueprints were truly a time capsule to the past, with its flourishing but neat cursive scrawled all over it, and a section labelled Slave Quarters. It's funny that you brought this, I said when I was done surveying the paper. I just had a dream about the house last night. My grandmother and my mom looked at me with mild interest. I'd never revealed this to anybody. Oh, well, what did you dream about? My grandmother inquired. Oh, nothing really, I replied, which wasn't exactly a lie. Just, I don't really know. I have it every year. All I do is walk up the grand staircase, go into the first room on the left and find nothing at all. "'but it sort of scares me, and I don't really know why. "'I tried to keep my tone very casual "'so they wouldn't see how much the dream affected me. "'After all, I was 13, and I was much too old for nightmares. "'Hmm,' my grandmother said. "'Well, you know that everyone used to say our house was haunted.' "'Really? What do you mean?' "'Oh, well, it's not true,' my grandmother scoffed, waving a hand at me. "'I never experienced anything in all my years living in the house.' I don't believe in that sort of thing, but people did talk. My grandmother then launched into a story about how when she and my grandfather were hoping to buy the house, there was another couple with their hearts set on it. They were all friends and had a somewhat friendly competition going on about who was actually going to land the house. Finally, my grandparents' friends decided to close on the house. They were elated to move into their first home together. As they were leaving the house though a neighbour stopped them and told them not to buy it under any circumstances. He insisted that there was something seriously wrong with the place. My grandfather's friends ignored him assuming that he was trying to scare them away. They decided to get some wine and go back around nine o'clock to celebrate. They shared this plan excitedly with my grandparents who told them to enjoy it. At around one o'clock the following morning, my grandparents awoke to someone banging on their front door. My grandma walked down the stairs and opened the door to find her friends absolutely pale and shaking. We're not going to buy the house, one of them said shortly, and you shouldn't either. Then they just left. My grandmother thought it was odd, but went to the house with my grandfather the next day to take a tour. They were in love with the place until they entered the first room on the left at the top of the grand staircase. It was completely boarded up. Now, black mould is a huge issue in the humid climate of Missouri, and my grandparents were suspicious that this might be the case. They asked the realtor what was wrong with the room. The realtor hesitated before responding, I'm not really supposed to show you. They knew it had to be black mould then. A nasty infrastructural issue, which explained why the house was selling for such a cheap price. Well, my grandfather said in his matter-of-fact way, we aren't buying the house until we see what's underneath those boards. If there's an issue with the house's infrastructure, we should at least know about it before we buy it. The realtor reluctantly told them that she would talk to the owner and see what could be done. The next day my grandparents received a phone call from the realtor who told them that a construction team had come by to remove the boards and that they were free to visit whenever they wanted. Upon my grandparents' arrival, the realtor led them up the staircase and into the room where my grandparents could finally see what was underneath those boards. Blood covered the walls in addition to random Latin words and pentagrams. The realtor gave them the previous owner's number. My grandparents found out that the previous owner had been a single parent to two teenage children. The kids had been odd. Neighbours didn't like them, and they pretty much kept themselves at school. Rumour had it that they participated in satanic rituals and held black masses in their room which I guess would explain the demonic symbols on the walls. But one day, the kids just vanished. The father was working at the time, so he had a solid alibi. There was no sign of forced entry or a struggle. The blood on the walls was found to be animal blood, definitely not human blood. But the teenagers have never been found to this day. But maybe because... There's no evidence that anything wrong happened to them. It's not even considered to be an open case, from what I understand, since they could have just left of their own volition. I honestly cannot believe that my grandparents bought that house and raised teenagers in it. They dead-ass just painted over the walls when they moved into the house. My mom was already in college by the time my grandparents moved there, but I asked my aunt about it once and she said, Oh, I would believe that it's haunted, yeah. I never saw anything or even heard anything, but there was definitely something off about the place. My grandparents' friends had never explained what made them decide not to move into that house.
1: That's a creepy story. Although, before we get into the details, I have to say kudos to the dad for great dad energy giving her a pair for Halloween every year.
0: That is such... Dad energy, isn't it? Love it. That is carrying on a dad joke many years after it just isn't funny anymore.
1: (laughs) Yet you always find a new audience for dad jokes with me. So keep them up, Um, man. I just there's something about plantation houses, isn't anyway, isn't there? I think just in general, or or not even not even just plantation houses, but like stately homes, like moneyed houses from the old from olden periods of time. Yeah, because. People mattered less during that time.
0: Yeah, they did. And, like, I would uh, imagine how uncomfortable you'd be seeing the blueprints of something with slave quarters Mm. written on it. I mean, already you know that people were really fucking miserable in that house. Yep. Maybe it's not the house owners. Maybe they weren't miserable. But people, human beings, were really miserable in that house. Yeah. Like...
1: but it's the same with stately homes in the UK as well cuz like they were they were obviously come from like landed the landed class who sort of ruled over the peasants for like ages do yeah. you know what i mean so there's all that energy building up in that place anyway but then to have the the added bonus for want of a better word of that room up at the top of the stairs that was it covered in pentagrams and latin and and blood interestingly no leads about the missing teenagers but there were there was blood on the walls. Yeah, it was animal blood. Oh, okay, I missed yeah. that bit. <laughs> I was like, "There's blood on the walls, but they don't have any uh, leads about the yeah. teenagers." Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be
0: terrible if they were yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, don't know what happened to those boys." Yeah, just close the case. Blood all over the walls. No, it was animal
1: blood. Okay, that makes a bit more sense.
0: And I have to say, like, if if they had just said there was two teenagers, they did weird shit in a room, like if. If that was all, yeah. I would be like, okay, teenagers, A, are weird. They do weird shit. And it was the satanic panic in the 70s. Yeah, so yeah. they would have been exposed yeah, yeah. to loads of information about about Satanism. So that wouldn't have bothered me. The fact that they went missing, yeah. slightly more slightly concerning. More concerning. Yeah. And
1: also her dream about, without knowing any of that information, <gasps> yeah. about going into that room and just seeing blackness every time. And it's a repeated dream. I and think. you
0: could understand that the grandparents wouldn't be like, and this room that we decorated really nicely, when we first came to this house... There was blood all over the walls and pentagrams yeah. and demonic symbols. Yeah, absolutely. And look at it now.
1: Yeah. But I guess it's a bargain, isn't it? Sometimes I think I definitely sort of, buy it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I would not live with you anymore. <laughs> Just be you and Lini knocking about in the haunted mansion.
0: Yeah, we'd have a great time. And our third and final story today comes from Addison. A few months ago I was back home visiting my parents in my hometown and a lifelong friend and I decided to go and have dinner. On the way back we decided that we wanted to stop somewhere for a few drinks and he talked about this incredible old bar in a town about 15 minutes from where we grew up. I was game. We pulled up and the place is beautiful. It was built in 1916 and had that classic southern look to it a lot of old buildings in small towns in texas have we went in the entrance to the bar and it is stunning my friend knew one of the bartenders working so we walked down to the end of the bar and they started chatting there were only three other customers and the bartenders there so it was pretty slow that night i needed to use the restroom and i asked where it was the male bartender pointed up the marble staircase on the opposite side of the room that led to a lobby area and stated it would be around the corner. I started to walk off and the female bartender that was working had a concerned look on her face and said maybe one of them should walk me up. And I said no, no, that was that was okay, thinking she was just being polite. After getting to the top of the stairs, I took a look around It was a large lobby, mezzanine area with a large outdoor patio to the back side. I walked over to take a look and towards the middle of the room all of a sudden I felt ice cold and goosebumps quickly spread all over my body. I suddenly felt uneasy. This was summertime in Texas, so even at night it was still 80 plus degrees and the large patio doors were open letting the hot air in. On top of that, I am notoriously hot by nature and do not get cold easily. Being the logical person that I am, I took a look around to find the air vent for the AC, but there is none to be found. At this time, I also realised I was the only one up here, but got the nagging feeling that there was something else, but I just tried to ignore it. I decided I needed to hurry up and do my business and get back down to the bar. I go into the restroom and close the main entry door. The restroom has multiple stalls so I go in one and all of a sudden the old heavy doorknob of the main entry door to the ladies room started rattling. It's not locked. It startled me and I called out There's more than one stall. Thinking that maybe another lady was waiting thinking it was a single stall restroom. There was no response, and no one came in. I thought it was odd and finished doing my business. I opened the stall door and walked over to the sink to wash my hands. The doorknob started rattling again, louder and more intense this time, and then the knocking started. Not a polite little knock, but more like police banging on a door. At this point I was pretty irritated. Why wouldn't the girl just push the damn door open? So I walked over to the door, gently kicking it open with my foot as I was drying my hands with the paper towels. I opened my mouth to make a sassy comment. But there was nobody there. And the smell of cigar smoke slowly wafted in from the doorway. I let the breath out and I could see my breath in the air in front of me. Like when it's freezing cold outside. Totally freaked out now, I step forward to get out of the bathroom through the cold patch of air and quickly start walking across the hot room to get to the stairs that lead back into the bar. Behind me, I hear footsteps. Not little pitter patters, but heavy, manly footsteps matching my pace. I was a few steps from the stairs when it felt like someone much larger than me was standing right behind me and the cold air returned. All of a sudden, my fear turned to anger as I quickly turned around, still hoping to see my friend or someone from the bar playing a joke on me. No one was there. Please leave me alone, I stated firmly and loudly. I turned and quickly walked down the stairs. And about halfway down, heard my friend call out for me from the bar below. And I called his name back when I got to the bottom of the steps. A few seconds later, my friend was about halfway across the room. I ran over to him and wrapped him in a hug, still shivering from the cold that had been right on my back just seconds ago. Good God, you're freezing, he said. What happened to you? I looked around the bar to see that all of the patrons had stood up and were asking if there was someone up there. I said, I, I don't know, I can't explain it. I took a seat at the bar and quickly downed the whiskey drink my friend had ordered me before this whole ordeal. I gave a quick synopsis of the events, my hands shaking the whole time while I was scouring my mind for a logical explanation for the encounter. I noticed at this time... It was only the three male patrons I had mentioned earlier that were still there. There were no women, except the other bartender, who had been behind the bar the whole time. I took a deep breath and asked if the men's room was up there as well, and the bartender said, No ma'am, that's on this floor, over here by the end of the bar. Two of those men went up to take a look around, and came back down stating that there was no one up there but asked when they had started allowing people to smoke in the place. The bartender replied, We don't allow smoking here. It hasn't been allowed in decades. The female bartender looked at me, and then to the male bartender, and said, I think Jim might have been messing with her. I asked who Jim was, and what she meant, and she pointed to an old black-and-white picture of a tall, large man in old-timey clothing with a cigar hanging out of his mouth. It was hanging on the wall. He was one of the original owners, and he passed away tragically here in the building, she said. He seems to like the ladies, and messes with them if they're alone. That's why I wanted to have someone go up there with you. I've had my own dealings with him, and I won't ever be here alone. I haven't been back to that bar since. And God knows if I ever do, I will never venture off on my own.
1: That is like a classic bar haunting, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's got all the signs. It's got the rattling door handles. It's got activity around the toilet, which sounds really shady. But that seems to be a common place for it to happen. You've got the cigar smoke, the heavy footsteps, an old patron that hasn't quite ever left. It's just classic, classic, and still absolutely terrifying.
0: I would... I would shit myself if I was leaving the bathroom already a bit rattled and then you hear footsteps behind you.
1: But she reacted in the same way you would. No, she reacted in the same way you would because she got angry and confronted it, which is what you do in the heat of the moment. (laughs) That's what you would do.
0: How dare you make these scurrilous (laughs) claims? How dare you?
1: (laughs) And she turned around and it wasn't there. And that just, I think that just quells your anger instantly and changes it back to fear, doesn't it? If you get really hit up and you're like, right, I'm going to give this person what for... And then there's nothing there. And then the fact that the other patrons heard the footsteps and smelt the smoke. Shady, shady, shady. Yeah, shady. it is shady. Whoa.
0: If you enjoyed this, no, not this week's episode. Today's episode.
1: You'll get it eventually.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram
1: at 50p movie club you
0: can find us on twitter
1: at real ghost pod
0: you can find us on facebook real life ghost stories podcast and you can join our super group or lgs supergroup, also known as the nicest place on the internet and the password is emma and dan if you want to send in your own story you can send it to
1: real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com
0: you can support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month Or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of bonus content. Please don't forget, if you can, if you have the financial means, to donate to the GoFundMe for Out of the Woods Wildlife. And if you do that, you get the chance to win some gorgeous real life ghost stories merchandise. The links to everything that you need are in the description for this episode. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Thank you.